Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also be doing an update on the Oscar draft since we now know the nominees. We will also be making our semi-final predictions of the upcoming Oscars that take place on March 27th. The final predictions we will post our full ballots on social media the day of, and then you guys can follow along with us. And the following week after, we will talk about the Oscars and compare, see who did better, get the draft results, things like that. Exactly. We got the Kenobi trailer. We finally got it. It happened. It's real. It's going to arrive in two months. I am so excited. So excited. How hard did you jizz when you watched it? <laughs> the entire time the trailer was playing, it was just a constant stream. Yeah. It was all over the monitor. I couldn't see it at the end. It was very vulgar. Dude, I had to go to watch it. I had no idea how it ended. <laughs> I couldn't I see things I was up. Trying to, Yeah, I was trying to wipe it off to get to see the end of it. Just come everywhere. Yeah. But I am. Yeah, so I was the pumped. exact same way. Yeah, it looks so, great. The way they did the duel of fates and they combined that with Bow the Heroes mm-hmm. and those prequel scores. Classic. Oh, so good. I can't wait for it. I am. They've been like releasing information about the show, like talking about Darth, uh, Darth Maul was supposed to be in it. Yeah. But then he got cut. Talking about. The it was originally supposed to be a much more somber look at Kenobi, but then they were like, "No, let's rewrite it and make it more family friendly and whatnot." I don't Ooh. know why they're releasing this information before it's even come out. It seems like something you do afterwards, but I don't know. It's strange also, that they. Go ahead. It also, just seems like they're giving out all these ideas that they had that were good ideas, and they were like, I know. "We decided to change it. That's Hope you guys like it." And it's like, "What's insane? What the fuck?" I totally, and this is also partially because my pitch for a Kenobi movie that I made a couple of years ago was mm-hmm. involving Darth Maul as the main villain. They absolutely should have gone that route. Could if you they were imagine do it live action? You, they should have done. It. Could you imagine a fight between Darth Vader and Darth Maul? I mean, could you imagine? Pretty cool. But again, I don't imagine? know why they're. It seems like they're framing Darth Vader as like the ultimate villain. Like they're going to have the Inquisitors and whatnot. But at yeah. some point, he's going to come face to face with Vader. Which I don't know mm-hmm. how I feel about that since kind of liked it where if they just never see each other again until when they do in A New Hope. Yeah. I would have much preferred if he did have to go off world and deal with something, but it ended up him having to confront Darth Maul again. That would have been a reunion. It would have been super fascinating to see. But I don't know. I have faith that it'll be good. I'll, of course, watch it, consume that thing. But I don't know. They, like you said, they've given out some ideas that they had, and it's like, why not have just made those since they were pretty good ideas? Bro, how psyched would you be if Obi-Wan Kenobi is like walking through a dark alley, and then he hears Darth Vader's breathing, and then the red lightsaber comes on in the middle of the dark alley and swings at him, and he stops with his blue lightsaber, and in from the darkness comes Darth Maul just breathing really heavy. (laughs) How cool would that be? That would be super cool. That would be, yeah, you see the... 
other light, the other end of his double-sided lightsaber ignite, and then that's when he emerges. That would be cool, dude. If you, because like we think it's gonna be Darth Vader, that'd be a cool thing. Is if like the one blade comes on, you're like, oh shit, it's Darth Vader, and then the second blade comes on, you're like, ah, <laughs> exactly. And the score hits, and then the third the blade comes out, <laughs> and the fourth, and it's just a becomes an entire like saucer. General Grievous <laughs> pops out. <laughs> now that would be a twist. Kenobi, <laughs> General Kenobi. All right. So Kenobi, definitely something to look forward to. And other news. This is pretty big stuff. Warner Brothers, after they... Did you see this when you saw the Batman? They have their their thing at the beginning. Yeah, that talks where it about, says all of their movies that are coming out in 2022, yeah. all the DC movies. <laughs> and then they go, and I knew this was coming too. I was like, this is something they would absolutely do. They would release that, and then they would delay all their films, which they have done. So... The Black Adam movie is now going to October 21st, 2022. Aquaman kicked out of this year. It is going to be 2023, March 17th. Shazam was the only one that benefited from this in terms of moving up. They are now going to get released December 16th, 2022. But it's DC. It's Warner Brothers. So you know they have to handicap themselves somehow. It's the same day as Avatar 2. The same day it's releasing. Why yep. would they do this? Why? It doesn't Why? make sense. Why? So yeah, all those shuffles happened. But the big one, one that has affected the box office draft for this year, The Flash, has been delayed to June 23rd, 2023. It's bullshit. This might cost me the entire thing. Yeah, it's quite a stunning revelation. It's a blow. It's a full-on blow, which really, really sucks. There's not a lot of, like, big-name picks left. We've taken all the Marvel movies. Those are gone. We have taken most of the DC... Well, now we've taken all of them since they all got fucking moved around, and I'm not going to pick <laughs> Shazam. I'm not going to pick Shazam, which comes out the day of Avatar 2. Like, why the fuck would I do that? The good news is hopefully Shazam, which I doubt it, maybe it will take a little bit from your Avatar 2. That is the only silver lining in this news, is that maybe Avatar 2 will dip down a little bit because it has more competition. That is the only thing that is keeping me sane right now. (laughs) Because I'm fucked, bro. My Literally, we've already picked, I, I made 11 spots on my box office draft, and we've already picked the top nine. We already picked all of those. So it's like I've got the bottom two and they're both below 500 million in prediction. So like that really fucks me over because now I'm dropping 200 million already. Right. So that really, really fucks me over. I'm just I'm hoping that somehow Black Adam is a piece of shit and nobody goes (laughs) and sees it. That is my that is my biggest hope is that nobody goes and sees nobody go see Black Adam. Okay. anybody that's listening to this podcast. Do not see Black Adam. Skip it. Wait for it to go on a streaming service. Watch it then. Do not go to the theaters. No, absolutely. Go because to it theaters. will fuck me up. You Everybody go see, see Black rock. Panther. Everybody go see Black Panther. No, it's going to be bad. They're going to disrespect Chadwick Boseman. You got to skip that one. I'm going to disrespect you if you win this, okay? <laughs> I think I'm going to. We'll, we'll see. But maybe your pick. We'll see what happens. I think I would have won it with The Flash anyhow. But yeah, go ahead and 
reveal your replacement pick? So I'm going to pick something that's in the middle of the year so that if it fucks me up, <laughs> I can replace it later with something that's coming out later in the year, and hopefully that does better. Yes. So the only thing that I think could also make money this year, which is a big risk that I'm going to take here, I'm going to replace The Flash with Bullet Train. I thought you were going to say that because I was like, hmm, that is an interesting choice. But go ahead and explain your reasoning. So the trailer came out, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah. Recently. The trailer came out recently. It looks great. It's got a great cast, and it's got, who's directing it? David Leach? David yes. Leitch? However you say it. I think Leitch. He's the guy who directed the, is it all the John Wick movies, or is it just the last two? God, I, why can I never remember? I feel, like I, I, I feel like it's the same guy through all three, but I also feel like there was some kind of a shuffle there. I don't think it was all of them. I think Plus, he just directed. Oh, David Leach did some uncredited work on the first John Wick, but he also directed Deadpool 2. Yes. And, the and that was Shaw movie. wildly successful. And Hobbs and Shaw, yes. And Atomic Blonde, which I think did not very good, but whatever. But it was well received. Like it was. Yes. Critically, it was. Yeah. Again, I have no worries that Bullet Train will not be a good movie. I know it's going to be a good movie. I just need it to perform well. The problem I have is that it's in the middle of the summer and that is like locked around with a lot of big budget movies that I know are going to make a lot of money. Very true. This is a new thing. It's independent. It's based on a book. It's has no a franchise. It's not a franchise. So it's not, that's not helping it in the slightest. The John Wick movies, even though they are successful, they don't make as much money as some of these other movies that are on the list. Deadpool 2 has, but that is a superhero movie and it is a franchise now. When he made Deadpool 2, it was a franchise. So I'm hoping that because of the star power in Bullet Train, because of the critical acclaim it's going to get because of his great direction and his great uh, stunt choreography, I'm hoping that it will make a good amount of money. If not, because it comes out in June. If not, I can replace it with something else, which was always the plan, because I feel like I know I'm not going to have to replace the Batman. It's doing great. We'll get there later today. I know I'm not going to replace Jurassic World. Well, and yeah. I know I'm not going to replace Black Panther, too. I was saving my replacement for Minions because I also thought the Flash was going to do it. The very least decent. Minions was the risk for me at the time. Now I'm putting all my weight on the Minions. I'm really hoping I Minions, think minions as well. will do well. Well, I think it was always guaranteed to get like over 600 million. Yeah, so. I think the Minions is going to do good. So we're we're putting a lot of eggs in that basket now. Plus it's opening now. It's opening at some kind of a animation festival, so it's going to get a lot of advertisement press news from that. So I'm hoping that'll give it a good bump. But now that the Flash is gone, I'm replacing it with Bullet Train. That is a risk. I have no idea how well this is going to do. I predicted, at most, when I first wrote my box office draft, let me look at the number, I predicted $400 million at most worldwide. At mm -hmm. most. And that is very, very good. Like, if it can get to that, I will be satisfied with that pick, and I probably won't replace it with anything. Yeah, but I don't know if it can get to $400 million. We'll have to see. Yeah, so we will. I'm going to go ahead and cross out on my little paper here, cross out the flash. And put bullet train. Bullet train. Good stuff. So there you go. So yeah, bullet train comes out July 15th. Oh, July. You're right. Yeah, July. It's sandwiched between 
Thor mm-hmm. the week before it. Minions comes out the week before that. And then Nope from Jordan Peele comes out the week afterward. Yeah. But so does have that's another thing is that if Bullet Train tanks on its weekend because it's following Thor and Minions, I might be able to switch it with Nope and hope that Nope can do well. I don't have big hopes for Nope at the box office, but if Bullet Train really tanks, like really tanks, and there's nothing else great coming out for the rest of the year, I might pick Nope. Because I know Jordan Peele can come up with a decent box office. We should do we should do a separate draft where we're comparing the uh, success of a film, like comparing its budget to its final. That's one of the things we should do in our in our final episode next year when we talk about the 22 box office draft. We should see who made the most money in comparison to their budgets to see who actually made the most money. Right. The profits, that would be so, interesting. Yeah. Profits. Yeah. But yeah, I replaced The Flash with Bullet Train. This does not count as my one replacement because of the COVID shuffle. This is just right. something I had to do. Of course, if Ryan, like if Avatar 2 gets pushed back, Ryan will have to replace with something else. That would suck for you. It if they really pushed would. Avatar 2, that would be terrible. I don't think now there's nothing. You would lose if Avatar 2 got pushed. That's guaranteed. Yeah, my number one pick. <laughs> and there's so, nothing else this year that's coming out that's going to do that good nothing else so you would be screwed so i'm really hoping that james cameron gets really lazy or really picky about the movie and just like i can't release it until it's perfect and so he has to push it come on james cameron be a perfectionist push avatar 2 it's not ready yet i guarantee you it's not ready the world can't see it yet push it by the way ryan what's up happy saint patrick's day Oh yeah, Happy St. Patrick's Day! I see you're we're recording green. this on set. Yeah, I had to. If if you were here in person, I'd pinch you. Dang. Well, thank God we're not in person. I'd pinch I'd you so hard. You <laughs> I'll have to later on in the day. I'll have to throw on some green. Oh, is that is that Claymore? No, that's Coco. Oh, hi, Coco. She's celebrating St. Patrick's back. Day. Is she wearing green? Meow. She's not. But go pinch your cat. <laughs> I would not pinch her. Or, she'll scratch me. I'd <laughs> be her pinching back. All right. Now we can go ahead and move on to the box office breakdown for March 11th to the 13th. Coming in first place, of course, The Batman. It made 60.5 million. That is a 50% drop. Incredible. That means it has 245 domestically and 472 worldwide. Has not released in China yet. It releases That's tomorrow true. in China. 66.5 million was what it said. I think he said 60.5. Oh, shit. My cursor was on the second six and it made it a zero. <laughs> Roger, yeah, you got to give Batman credit. That's six extra million that it had. You're right. Which, yes, that is a phenomenal drop. Because especially earlier in the pandemic, we were seeing the big blockbusters. Like 70. 60% drops, even as high as 70. Crazy. Like nine had that. Crazy shit. So... This was really impressive. That in its second yeah. week, it only had a fifty percent drop. But yeah, we'll talk more about its prospects in our predictions. But number two is Uncharted with nine point two million. Well, I'm reading the script, Ryan, and it says <laughs> Unbarded. So I think you're wrong there. Yeah, Unbarded. I've never yeah. heard of Unbarded, but it did very good. It's a sequel film. I put that in there because I didn't know if you were going to read it or I was going to read it. So I was hoping if you were going to read, it, you, you did that intentionally. <laughs> you yeah. intentionally put a typo. I did. Yes. I just thought it was funny. Unbarded. <laughs> that should be the sequel for sure. But yeah, Uncharted and Unbarded, they collectively made 9.2 million. 
which is a 16.7% drop, which is also really good. It made 113 million domestic so far, and it has now crossed the 300 million mark worldwide. Good for Uncharted. Honestly, that would have been a pretty decent pick for the uh, the box office draft. Uh, I like mean, for yeah. like a, for like a last call, like yeah. last call. That would be a good last call pick. Like three hundred million worldwide so far, still pretty good. I think it'll end up like three fifty. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's but, decent. Uh, ideally, like last call. all of our, as we said initially, like we wanted all our picks to be above five hundred mil. Yeah, of course. Maybe since the flash got pushed, we'll see if that's going to be the case. But yeah. yeah, Uncharted would definitely be one that's a good back pocket one. It'll be my biggest regret that I didn't put my faith into Tom Holland. After Uncharted was BTS Permission to Dance. Made $6.8 million in 803 theaters. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. Good work, BTS. And it made like $32 million worldwide. So people wanted to see that concert. Yep. Even if it meant going to a theater to do it. After that, we have Dog with $5 million. Somehow Spider-Man No Way Home is still making $4 million. So it got four million this last weekend. I don't know how. <laughs> it's still going. It it's is crazy. Still going. It's about to go on a video on demand. I think this weekend. So Good. we'll see if that cuts it down. If it drops out of the top five. Yeah, push it. It's still hanging on. We have Death on the Nile, two point four million. Uh, Roddy Shyam, one point eight million. And Sing Two, one point six million. Also holding on quite well. Yep. Now we've got some box office predictions this upcoming weekend, the 18th to the 20th of March. Of course, the big thing that we're going to talk about is the Batman, what it's going to do in its third weekend. Uh, you have approximately 40 million domestically. I think it's about right. I'm a little more conservative than you, uh, which is sad because it's my pick. I'm going to go around 35. Gotcha. Yeah, I think since it'll be the third weekend, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a more minimal drop. Yeah. So I think it can definitely hold on to a forty million. I think a four is going to be in front of that number when we read it off next week. And I don't know. We'll see. It could get forty to forty-five million. It's just four. It's just four million. Because uh, spring break, I think for like all the local high school, middle schools, all that K through twelve. That's is true. Happening. So I think that super busy at work because of that. Yeah. Yeah. We're super busy at work. Uh, it's also getting its China release, but because of the Omicron variant, China has shut down a third of its theaters. So I am fucked. <laughs> That's very true. And I did some box office analysis here to see where the Batman might end up. And while it's obviously still going to do great, it'll be a great thing to have in your roster. I'm more skeptical about it hitting a billion. Fuck you. Hey, listen to the listen to the math that we got going on here. So I compared it to The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. which in the same way that the Batman, like it has, it made $66 million domestically. It made uh, pretty much the same amount overseas. Sure. And that was the same case last weekend. It made about like 135 both here and overseas. So it has a 50-50 split right now from domestic to foreign. And The Dark Knight had pretty much the same thing with mm-hmm. domestic being slightly larger. Same with The Batman. Now, The Dark Knight ended up grossing $535 million domestic, which allowed it to hit a billion because, you know, the rest of that was the $500 million from overseas was able to add on to that, just crossed a billion. With The Batman at 
this time in its run. It's at, what did we say, 472 worldwide, 245 domestic. So 245 domestic. The Dark Knight, at the same point in its run, had 330 million domestic. Mm -hmm. Which means the the Batman is not on track with the Dark Knight. And the Dark Knight didn't have to deal with going to HBO Max after 45 days. And of course, that'll mean easy premium piracy stuff. So I believe the Batman will definitely hit 800 million. I think it's going to hit 400 million domestic. It seems on track to do that. And I think it'll do the same overseas. But with China getting hit like it is and overseas uh, being the way that it is, I think it'll probably end up around 830 million, 840. Don't think it'll hit a billion. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. So I understand that a third of the theaters is shut down in China, but, but China has not seen a superhero movie in a while. They've been like blacklisted by Marvel. They've been, or they have blacklisted Marvel. Marvel. That's what I meant. They blacklisted Marvel. They haven't gotten a lot of movies in a long time. So I think this is going to be like the big blockbuster return for China. So even though a third of the theaters are shut down, I think there's going to be a big uh, come out for the Batman in China. So because it is 50 50 split right now, right? Domestic and international. That's international without China is 50 50. So it's going to get bumped up to like, mm, like maybe like 43 57, right? With China getting added in there. I think it can at least hit 900 by the by its end total with China getting added in there. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I also, to push back on your China comment, I think they, I don't know if this is a type of film because it's not a conventional superhero film, right? So that might, and it's also three hours. So it might be not the big return to the Hollywood superhero blockbusters that we might think. So that's why I also wonder if China will really be that much of a factor in pushing the Batman higher in its worldwide gross. But yeah, it'll still be interesting to see how it plays out. Again, it'll be do quite well. Over 800 million for sure. That's a big win. We'll but find out this weekend. Not a billion. We'll find out. We will. We'll find out. Also coming out this weekend is Uma, which is a Sandra O oh horror film from uh, producer Sam Raimi. Uh, nine million? Yeah, I don't, we don't have to list out the predictions for these because they're who knows what they're gonna they're be. all gonna be below 10 million i guess and yeah it's really hard to pick out what it'll end up being but yeah just to let people know while the batman is still gonna be the top box office grocer this weekend there are new films coming out and some of them are pretty interesting like that uma one or Emma, whichever one it's pretty fascinating sam Raimi's producing it sandra o starring there's the outfit which is written by graham moore who wrote imitation game and won the oscar for it He's written and directed this one. It's a film about some tailor that gets caught up in a bunch of gang business and whatnot, starring Mark Rylance, Sweet Deutsch, and Dylan mm-hmm. O'Brien. And then X is a horror slasher film thing that's set in the 70s, somewhat yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque, but with an axe. And it right now has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. People are eating this film up. So nice. That's something Solid. to look out for. And also, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
that's also that can make out. that can make some good money. That'll probably be number two at the box office, to be honest. Yeah, I believe that. That can make a solid amount. Yeah. All right, now we're gonna move on to our Oscar discussion in anticipation for the Oscars in a couple of weeks. We're gonna do our Oscar draft update just to remind you guys of what we picked and how the nominations have affected the points. I picked Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, The French Dispatch, Licorice Pizza, and The Last Duel. And I picked Dune, Don't Look Up, Tragedy of Macbeth, House of Gucci, and West Gucci. Gotta hate that. (laughs) Now, I have 19 nominations from three of my films. Two of them didn't get anything, which sucks. It does. And one of them was French Dispatch. It hurts. Yeah. Power of the Dog got 12. Awesome. Nightmare Alley got four. Pretty good. Licorice Pizza got three. That's 19 overall, which means I have 19 points because each nomination is one point, and then a win is going to be three. Ryan, what did you get? So I have 25 points from all five of my films combined. So Dune had 10 nominations. West Side Story had seven. Don't Look Up, four. Tragedy of Macbeth, of Macbeth three. And House of Gucci had Gucci. only a single nomination no lady gaga nope now i it does sound like i should be worried right yes but i'm not interesting i'm not that worried because you should be all i need is two more wins than you and i'm at least caught up as long as i have more than two two more wins than you i'm set i don't lose that's all (laughs) i need and i think that's close enough for me to say i can get it you know if it was a bigger gap i'd be worried I'm I'm I feel like it could go either way at this point. Gotcha. I I know. I think that would be a big deficit to overcome because I feel that there's three to four film uh three to four categories that I'm definitely gonna win. And so you I'll would have three. to hmm? I'll give you You'll three. You'll give me three? Okay. Well so say that's three films, uh three categories I'll definitely win. You'll have to do that. You have to get those three for your films, but then an additional two just to tie an additional one to win so i think i don't know if you're confident in having six mm-hmm. wins at least then we can i guess say that you uh shouldn't be worried but i don't think you'll be able to get six wins i think i can get five from power of the dog alone Ooh, there's okay, five i think i can get yeah we will be able to see and that would tie you for sure yep. but and I think there's also like possibility for some sneaky victories for some of my other films. I think yeah. I might get some. I think because there's some technical the, the the technical categories. There's some of them that are up in the air. And I think what I'm hoping for is because Dune is supposedly in your mind is going to clean up in those technical categories. For sure. What I'm hoping is if I don't take them, at the very least, films that neither of us have take them, because that would benefit me more than you. Well, that's true, but. I think, yeah, I think we'll get to it when we get to it, but definitely Dune will clean up technicals, which will help uh, support my lead. And then mm-hmm. there are some films that, like, you're certainly going to win, I think, probably the biggest awards. But yeah. I think some of the other ones, they might try to share the wealth a bit, mm-hmm. and Power of the Dog will be damaged by that since it is the front runner. But so I think Dune will be damaged up. by that as well, because I think it's going to be a more... I, think it, I don't think it's going to be Power of the Dog and Dune winning everything. I think it's going to be split up and a lot of different things are going to win a lot of different things sure we will shall end up seeing but to give some fun facts about our 
roster and how they fared at the Oscars. Uh, our films entirely swept the cinematography and production design categories. Woo. Our films look good. Was the end. Yeah, they do. Uh, we were both completely shut out of Best Actress. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, and three films from each of our rosters were able to get into the Best Picture category. Mm-hmm. So we have six out of ten. And then some of the heavy hitters that we missed were Belfast and King Richard. Man, so I'm going to regret not picking roster. Belfast. Belfast is the one that I regret for sure. This is what happens when we do the draft before we watch any of the movies. Well, I like the idea of doing it before we see any of them. And it was also before any of them really came out. Mm-hmm. So it was fascinating to see that we were able to pick, again, like six out of ten were able to get in there. So it worked out for the most part. But I kind of mm-hmm. think it's funny to be able to do it before we get too much of an idea of the critical yeah. reception. Because remember, we didn't know if House of Gucci was going to be good or not. It turned out not to be good. Yeah. And then other I, ones I'm like not... West Side Story you were opposed to. Yeah. And that was my fifth pick, but I was confident that it was going to be well-received, especially yeah. by the Academy, and it turned out to be. I'm I'm not upset that The Last Duel didn't get anything, because I just, you know, that was my last pick. I'm not super surprised. But The French Dispatch hurt, dude. I really thought it was going to get, like, at least four, you know? Wes Anderson mm-hmm. always gets something, and he got nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And that was it, quite it, shocking. Watching it, it actually earned some of those nominations for sure, more than some other movies. And so that hurts. And it's because nobody saw it. And that's a big problem. Nobody saw it except Wes Anderson fans. And that is painful. But I have hope that Wes Anderson will come back because he's got a new movie this year. He's going to come back to the Oscars next year. And he's going to fucking clean up. I guarantee it. Let's hope. We'll see if that'll end up in our next Oscar draft. Your number one big. And then it gets nothing again. God, God <laughs> That'd be so horrible. That would be. Now, do you want to go in descending order with the first pick you got here? Do you want to go in ascending order, bottom to top, with the uh, predictions? We could do either way. It's just, do you uh, want to build up the best picture? Or do you want to start with it? I mean, I guess we could save best for last, quote unquote. Best for last. Just like the Oscars. Exactly. <laughs> Except in Anthony Hopkins, yeah. <laughs> best actor. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So starting from the bottom, and they are a lot of, they're mixed up here, which I kind of like. Yeah. Um, so best visual effects. Yep. The nominees are. And we're what we should do is talk about what we want to win personally yeah. and then what we think we will should win. win. Yep. So, yeah, should win, will win. All right. Yep. So best visual effects. We have Dune. Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Should and will win Dune. Dune, 100%. Dune is going to win this. This is the one of the ones that I'm giving you for sure. Like, Dune mm-hmm. is going to get this. 100%. It's going to be. Got to be. It's got to be. That was very easy. I'm going to I'm gonna start keeping <laughs> track of the, the nomination so I know, uh, so oh, I yeah. can get a good prediction. See if see if my predictions are going to give me a win because I I haven't actually done the math yet. So I'll do Ryan. Ooh, that's fun. I'm gonna do this. And I'll do Dylan. So you have one right now in my predictions. Yes. Now we can move on to best production design. The nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. If you ask me, I think 
Nightmare Alley should and will win. Mm. I think the production design of Nightmare Alley is excellent. I think the the biggest competition it has is Dune because of the technicality of that movie. But I feel like because so much of that movie is visual effects and because the production design is very simplistic in a way, I think Nightmare Alley is going to take it because it is so immersive. And Guillermo del Toro knows how to like design a world. So I think Nightmare Alley is going to take it. So that's one for me. I know you're going to disagree. Well, I do think the should win. I would either choose between Nightmare Alley and West Side Story. Mm. I haven't seen Tragedy Macbeth, so I haven't gotten around to that. But apparently yeah, me that neither. also is good production design because it's just everything is created in that. It's all on a soundstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every single piece of if that wins, is production design. If that wins, I'll be sad because it'll go to you still, but I'll be more satisfied than if Dune won. I really don't want Dune to win production design for this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see D Dune winning it, or I don't think it that's should. good. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's between like those three. I can see a case for all of them, mm-hmm. um, and they all do create a particular world. But I think. I'm going to lean towards, I feel like of all the ones West Side Story would get, I feel like this would be one of the ones besides mm. the later one that we see. Yeah, I could see West Side Story also winning it, but I'm really hoping that Nightmare Alley, I haven't seen West Side Story, but I've seen the trailer and, you know, West Side Story cleaned up the original did, especially in this category. So it could take it just for tradition's sake, but I think still quality wise, I think Nightmare Alley. Without having seen, I haven't seen Tragic Macbeth, so, you know. Right. I will watch that and then maybe get back to you when we do our post-Oscar show. But Nightmare Alley, to me, of the ones I've seen, I think that one should and will win. Right. Yeah, I think, honestly, if I'm giving a should win, without having seen Tragic Macbeth yet, I probably would say, personally, I'd give it to Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. I think they will give it to West Side Story, though. I think that'll be that would the be sad. they try to share the what there but i could see a case because nightmare alley also isn't gonna get many wins yeah that might so, i think that might be the only win for nightmare alley is production design that's true and because our bows will get for west side story they'll for have sure. one win so yeah maybe this will be what nightmare alley gets mm-hmm. if he deserved for sure yep okay best international feature we have drive my car from japan flee from denmark the hand of god from italy luna lunana lunana a Yak in the Classroom from Bhutan, and The Worst Person in the World from Norway. I think it's pretty clear. Well, we haven't seen any of the other films, but None considering Drive My Car is in the best picture race. Yeah. I think Drive My Car is going to win this Parasite, yeah. It should definitely win, and it will definitely win. It is the best movie I saw last year, and it deserves it more than anything I've ever seen in my life. I, I, should, I do want to watch The Worst Person in the World, I don't really know much about any of the other ones except for Flea, but I definitely want to watch The Worst Person in the World, but I'm I'm confident that Drive My Car should and will win. Yeah, I do want to catch Worst Person in the World because that also has other nominations here, as is mm-hmm. Flea, so we'll get to that. Yeah, Flea is an interesting one. I kind of want to see. Yeah. I should have picked God. Drive My Car. You should have one of my picks. Yeah. Well, we didn't even hear about it. Like, that was... I knew about it. We, we I just did. didn't think... I just didn't think it was going to be big at the Oscars. I thought it was, like... Like, I knew Parasite was always going to be big because... Green cinema has been big for a while, and like I just heard so many amazing things. I was like, it's gonna do, it's gonna get nominations at the Oscars. This was one where I was like, you know, Japanese cinema has not been like at the top of its game recently, from what I've seen. And 
I felt like maybe this one would just be a really good one that flies under the radar. And I was wrong. People love it. And people want it to do well. That's why it's nominated for so many. So that is... I, I regret not picking Drive My Car more than not picking Belfast. Because right. I, even though I would have gotten more noms with Belfast, I would have been happier with Drive My Car. It would have made me happy to have picked that and then see it get four nominations. That would have been awesome. Indeed. Moving right. on to Best Cinematography, we have Dune, Greg, Greg, Greg Frazier, Nightmare Alley, Dan Lauston, The Power of the Dog, Ari Wagner, The Tragedy Macbeth, Bruno Del Bonel, and West Side Story, Janusz Kaminski. I think collection of names. I know. I think The Power of the Dog will win, but I don't think any of them should win. Whoa. Because I think the French Dispatch should. <laughs> I'm on that train 100% for cinematography. Best of last year, 100%. But overall, I think the Power of the Dog is going to win, even though I don't think it deserves it. Like I think it's at the bottom of all of these these people. I think it's close to the bottom. I didn't think it was spectacular or anything, but it keeps winning awards, and people keep praising it for its cinematography, even though I just think it's okay. Right. Yeah, I think Power of the Dog should win. I think that is such a beautiful movie. Really? Yes. We talked about it a bit when, you know, I chatted mm-hmm. on it on a grab bag. But yeah, I think there's a lot of story-driven compositional choices there. And then there's also those magnificent shots of the landscape. Those are great. It's just so gorgeous. I will say those shots of the landscape are better than... I will say Power of the Dogs better than Dune. I feel like Dune, like, the heavy lifting is the visual effects. And people are going to maybe vote for it for cinematography without... Like, just because those visual effects look good. But when you look at it, it doesn't have this big sweeping feel to it that the power of the dog has. The power of the dog has this big sweeping shots of things. And Dune just doesn't have that, which makes me sad. Right. Yeah, I can see that. But I do think cinematography probably will go to Dune. And I don't really, I don't know. Power of the dog may be one that claims it. And I think feel like it should. I'm going to go Power of the Dog as will win as well. Yeah, because remember, it's cinematographers voting for it. So I think they're going to look at Dune and they're going to look at Power of the Dog. I think they're going to give it to Power of the Dog. Yeah. Since it is cinematographers voting for it. If it was a popular vote, it would go to Dune. Mm-hmm. But because it's cinematographers, professional cinematographers, it'll go to Power of the Dog. Next is Best Original Song, Be Alive, Music and Lyrics by Dixon and Beyonce Knowles Carter, and it was for King Richard. Dos Origuetas, music and lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda for Encanto. Down to Joy, music and lyrics by Van Morrison for Belfast. No Time to Die, music and lyrics by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. No Time to Die. Somehow You Do, music and lyrics by Diane Warren for Four Good Days. I have not listened to any of these except No Time to Die. (laughs) I have a feeling that Van Morrison might take it, even though I don't remember the song. I feel like Van Morrison has been around for so long and people love Van Morrison so much. And this is such like a, a passion because he's, he's from Northern Ireland. This is such like a passion thing for him. Belfast, such a passionate story. It might go to him, but it probably will go to no time to die. Right. I think there's also a case to be made. It could go to the Encanto song just because that is so massive right now. Like it, hit number one with one of its other songs, which is hilarious yeah. that they didn't submit that one. We don't yeah, talk no. about Bruno. And then with the song they should have submitted, Surface Pressure, which is the best one from Encanto. Yeah, I don't know why people like we don't talk about Bruno so much. It's I not that really, good. It's not that good. Well, None of them are that good. good. 
I think like, yeah, I thought there again. were two g- good songs, like where I was really enjoying my time watching the film, and they were they were back to back. It was Surface Pressure and We Don't Talk About Bruno. But I think Service Pressure is. I think Service Pressure is very good, but overall, I didn't think any of it was like standout. Should be yeah. nominated for an Oscar song. I don't even remember those Uruguay Uruguay Me neither. It was the one. It was like Abuela and the main character towards yeah. the end of the film. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know that. But because there is so much momentum behind Encanto, that's why it might take it. But I also don't want it to win because I know I think it's funny. I I love Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I kind of don't want him to get the EGOT this year when he yeah. had like three or so chances. I think it'd just be funny if he wasn't able to get there. Um, that would so be funny. I'm kind of rooting against that one, also because it's not the best Encanto song. So I think I'll go for No Time to Die as well yeah either way none of us are neither of us are going to get anything out of this category so it's not important we can move on to best documentary feature we have ascension attica flea summer of soul and writing with fire i have not seen any of these movies i don't know any of them except for flea and summer of soul but from what i've heard from both i think summer of soul should win but i feel like flea might win right between those two if you ask me yeah, because Flea has quite a bit other nominations, mm-hmm. so that's why they may want to give it something to make you know to recognize it. Yeah, but Summer of Soul has been cleaning up in the other award shows, so I think Summer of Soul is the safest choice to guess and predict. So I will go with Summer of Soul. But I do want to point nice. out, I'm sad that The Rescue isn't nominated here. I don't know what that which is, which is astonishing. It was one of my honorable mentions for the year. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about that, yeah. On Disney Plus from Nat Geo. And it was so good. And I can't believe that it's not on there. Yeah. So best animated feature, we have Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm going to go with Encanto. I mean, again, the momentum behind it is immense. It has to be the case. I'm sure the people in the Academy have their grandchildren watching it on Mm -hmm. on Disney Plus. It's all yeah. they hear about. It's got to be un- in content. Is that what you think should win? Um, It's, yeah, well, yeah, I would say so. Because I haven't seen Mitchell's versus Machines yet. Didn't see Raya, didn't see Flea. And Luca, I was pretty lukewarm on it. So I think Encanto should win based on the ones I've seen. Had I seen Mitchell's versus Machines, I probably would say that. I suspect that's your should win. That is my should win. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go a little wild here. Oh, go wild. I think it will win. It doesn't have a lot of notoriety around it. True. But the people who did see it will vote for it. I guarantee it's that good. It's Phil Lord and Chris Miller again. You know, they're they're known for winning these animated features. You know, they won one already. They can get another one. Ryan the Last Dragon, I've not heard a lot of good things about. Luca, I've not heard a lot of good things about. Flea might win, but I feel like it won't because I feel like if they're going to give it anything, it'll be best documentary feature. Encanto is the biggest competition. It's either Encanto or the Mitchells versus the Machines. But the Mitchells versus the Machines is so good. And I think anybody who watches it will vote for it. And if you, listener, have not seen the Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix yet, you should go and watch it right now. And Ryan, you should watch it before the Oscars. Yeah, I will. I'll try to. I... I 100% believe that you would love it. It is bright. It is fun. It is funny. It is heartwarming. <laughs> it's great. This is you like should a, watch it. 
third time you pitched it to me. On and you haven't podcast. watched it yet. <laughs> I you will. Haven't watched I'll it. get there. I'll get there. Watch it now. I will. Next category is best makeup and hair styling. The nominees are Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Mm -hmm. So I think that it'll be Eyes of Tammy Faye. I agree. Yes. I think it also probably deserves it too. It's pretty good. I haven't seen it. Did you see it? No, I just saw her face. (laughs) What else do I need to see? It's best makeup and hair styling. And you said that's the one. I saw the eyes. I thought I saw all the all the fat makeup around the eyes. <laughs> I saw it all. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't think anything measures up. Maybe Dune, but that's just because of the the Harkonnens are pale. I don't know. It's not. It's not like anything special. That's true. They're and just anything. They're some of them are pale. The, oh, the Baron. The Baron is the only thing for me that is pushing it towards best makeup and hairstyling. It's because they make Stellan Skarsgård look crazy and like big, and that's pretty cool. But he's barely in the movie, and as a Tammy Faye, she's the main character, and she she's wearing that makeup every single scene. So yeah, I think I think they've earned it for consistency and quality. Indeed. Okay, film editing. We have Don't Look Up with Hank Corwin, Doom, mm-hmm. Joe Walker, King Richard, Pamela Martin, The Power of the Dog, Peter Cybris, and Tick Tick Boom, Myron Kirstein, and Andrew. Weissblum. As much as I don't like Don't Look Up, I've always been a fan of the editing style in the uh, Adam McKay movies, the last three movies he did, because they're all very similar in a way. And Don't Look Up feels very jazzy, kind of. So I think Don't Look Up could win. If not, then The Power of the Dog. I don't think Don't Look Up is going to win. I think it should win, but I don't think it's going to win. I think Power of the Dog is going to get it. I don't know why, but I think it's going to go to the Power of the Dog. Interesting. So I think that Don't Look Up should not win. I think it's a very flashy, obvious type of editing, and I don't think it was particularly good. I like flashy. to the story. So I don't really like that. I think Tick Tick Boom probably did a better example of that, especially since it's a musical. Yeah, it's getting some scenes, yes, the, some scenes, no. To the that's what I'll say. Movie itself and the musical numbers. King Richard. I honestly don't remember much, but I know it was like a tennis movie and it had scenes where it was tennis. Her hitting the racket back and forth a lot. Um, so in that way, it's sort of like it's an obvious type of editing, but. Hmm. I don't know. Dune, I don't think should get it. Yeah, I don't think there's I anything. I also think it's the front runner right now for editing. Why? I don't think it should get it. I don't even know why it was not. What was so great about the editing of Dune? They just cut from one thing to the next thing. It's like, <laughs> what? That's the basic thing you do in editing. I don't I don't understand. Just because it's such a big movie. And Joe Walker did do a good job editing the movie. Like, it is coherent. It's well done. But I don't think it is to the point, to the level to where you can say it is so good it deserves an award. Yeah. In my opinion. But I think he did a good job editing it like he's a good editor i just don't think he was trying to make it like oscar worthy editing like anything super flashy or crazy or like uh story motivated it was just getting the story as coherent as possible because it is a complicated story which good for him but i don't think that is oscar merited i agree and i also think like there's a particular scene where they're doing intercutting it was when uh oscar isaac my man leto is getting talked to by the Baron and then it's going yeah. back and forth between him and Paul 
and Jessica in the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was bad. Like I was in the theater really? watching it the first time and I was able to pick apart why this is a poorly edited sequence. Oh, wow. And if I'm able to do that on the first watch through and just immediately point out how the editing is not great, then mm-hmm. I don't think it should be awarded the top prize in editing. Uh, you, know in two of, movies, you know what two movies are poorly edited? What's that? House of Gucci, because I just remembered it. Terrible yes. editing. And Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> I watched it recently, and the editing was so bad that I couldn't believe that they kept the editor for the rest of the movies. But I will say, he got better at his job. He learned from the mistakes of Order of the Phoenix. It is edited so poorly, I cannot believe it. Wow. It's crazy. Well, shout out to that dude for... Learning. Growing in his job, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Power of the Dog, I think there can be a case to be made for that. I don't remember any particular instances, instances of editing that stuck out to me. But also, I think that was the one nominee of all these that intended to go for a more invisible editing is good yeah. editing route. So I could see a case for that. Uh, I'm also going to throw a curveball into this. I think King Richard might do it. Really? Pamela it Martin. Tennis? One for the Eddie Awards, the whole like editing thing. I don't oh. know how much overlap there is between that and the Academy. Yeah, I don't know who votes for the Eddie Awards. Yeah, but I'm a for right now. We'll see if it stays for the final ballot because again, Dune might get momentum for that. But I think King Richard might come out and take it. And I would say who should win would either be that or Tick Tick Boom. I don't know if I can comment on part of the doll because. I saw it so long ago, so I can't really remember enough of like the editing choices. But So either way, this category is going to go to nobody or to me, because I don't think it's going to go to Dune or Don't Look Up. I think there's a greater chance of it going to Dune than Power of the Dog. I'm just saying I don't think it should. I disagree, but we'll see. I think Dune has the best chance of all these right now, which is what I'm disagreeing with, but yeah. I disagree with you. Best cool. original screenplay, Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. Don't Look Up, Adam McKay, story by Adam McKay and David Sirota. King Richard, written by Zach Balin. Licorice Pizza, written by PTA. The Worst Person in the World, written by Eskilvot and Joachim Trier. Uh, I haven't seen three, well, I've seen two and a half of these movies. I've seen half. Uh, <laughs> I think finish it'll... it, bro. Finish the film. Uh, I don't want to watch King Richard. I saw the good half. Uh... I'm going to give it to Belfast without having seen Licorice Pizza or The Worst Person in the World. So those could win, but I think Belfast will win. I don't think this is going to go to either of us. I don't think Don't Look Up or Licorice Pizza are going to win. Um, I agree. I think Lick Pizza has more than Don't Look Up, more of a chance. Sure, I, think, I agree with that. I don't think King Richard should get it all. I don't think I was particularly Yeah, well no, written. it's just a sports movie. Worst Person in the World I haven't seen. And the They're fact that he was able to get into the original screenplay category as a non-English film bodes well for it yeah i agree but i don't know if it'll go as far as actually awarding it to the worst person in the world mm-hmm. i think they're gonna give it to belfast because he won't win most likely won't win director or, or best, best picture so this will be his conciliatory hey good job on this one kenneth Branagh. so yeah. i think belfast is very definitely gonna win. i agree also it's a very personal story you know like he wrote it about his yeah, job and, like, and it's it is also well written like he did a good job i think he'll he will get it and i think he will earn it as well i think you know how to have it coming. Cool. All right. Best Adapted Screenplay. Coda by Sean Hader. Drive My Car by Risuke Hamaguchi and Takamasa Hoe. Dune, screenplay by John Spites. 
Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth, The Lost Daughter, written by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and The Power of the Dog by Jane Campion. I think it should go to Drive My Car 100%. I agree. But I think I think it will go to The Power of the Dog. I also agree. I think, historically, whoever wins like Best Picture tends to win one of the screenplays. Yeah. So I think there's a good case for Jane Campion to get The Power of the Dog here. I kind of hope she, she run. Didn't she win Best Writing for the piano, or did she not? I do not remember. I don't, I don't think she did, because I think she won Best Director, but she missed out on Best Writing, and I think they might give it to her for that. You know, right. Because that was also I, an adapted screenplay that she adapted. Or a, a book. Or no, wait. That was an original script, wasn't it? You know, fuck. I'm going to go do some research. Hang I on. think, yeah, check on it. I actually think she has won a writing Oscar, to be honest. But yeah, you can check that out. But because she might already win Best Director, I kind of wish they would share the love here and go for Drive My Car, Risque Hamaguchi. But they also might try to, I don't know, Lost Daughter with Maggie Gyllenhaal and might try to recognize her since she's not going to get any other victory. Okay, so she won Best Writing, and it was an original screenplay, but she lost on Best Director. So I think she's going to get Best Adapted Screenplay, just because, you know, it's going to win Best Picture, traditionally, you know. And I think she's going to win Best Director, because they're going to, we'll get there, but they're going to make up for the piano, of course. And also, she kind of deserves it. But let me make the case for why Drive My Car should win Best Adapted Screenplay. So I read the short story. I bought the the collection of short stories by... uh, uh, Oh my God, why can't I? Oh my God. I can't remember his name. Oh my God. You search that up. You keep searching it. Why I don't think... I? I should know this because Spencer reads like a lot of his books. Murakami, Haruki Murakami. I should know. I should know that off my head. But I bought the collection of short stories. Men Without Women is what it's called. And it, it's the very first short story in it. And it is 30 pages. And it is way simpler than the movie. There's many characters in. The book, or in the movie that are not in the book, it's like three characters in the book. It's very, very simple. And there's no way reading it that you could take that and directly make it a movie. But the screenwriters here, they took the basic idea that Murakami was trying to give, that basic theme, and they turned it into a three-hour epic like drama with these characters by adding a bunch of new characters, adding a bunch of new storylines, and it's fantastic. Like they're still they're taking the core essence of the short story and turning it into a three hour movie, and that is phenomenal. And they're not losing any quality, and that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like that as an adaptation is perfect. Perfect. It is not a perfect adaptation. Like it's not the short story turned into a movie. It is the idea of the short story turned into a movie, and that is great and it's phenomenal. But it's probably going to go to the power of the dog. Yeah, but again, I kind of don't want it to go to power of the dog again because I want them to. Uh, yeah, I want I want them to give it to Drive My Car. But then I also, I don't know, part of the dog, I don't think the writing was the strongest aspect of it. Because, again, we talked about, like, it leans a lot on mm-hmm. subtleties and whatnot. And I think more often than not, it is too subtle in what it's trying to, mm-hmm. like, whenever the characters communicate with each other, it's usually not through actual dialogue and whatnot. And so anytime yeah. they do use dialogue, it's very much veiled or not that pointed in its messaging so mm-hmm. I, know I would have preferred drive my car which i think does do that like a lot of the dialogue 100%. in that is beautiful and it also is able to weave in like through its writing is able to allow for visual storytelling to take place so i would yeah. much prefer drive my car i also think there's yeah. a case for coda since again it oh. might not get other awards they may try to give it to sean Hader, 
Um, but I would also not like that because Coda, while it is effective, I feel like it is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, you know exactly what it's doing. You know when this next emotional beat is going to come. So I don't know. Like, Coda feels like a script I could have written. And so that's why I'm mm-hmm. like, should it get best adapted screenplay the Oscar for that? If it's something mm-hmm. I feel like I could do, I don't think so. I feel like Drive My Car is like, that is something to aspire to. And yeah. I'm like, wow, I want to be able to reach there. So for me, drive my car. Should yeah. get it. That category is going to be very bittersweet because yeah. either either Power of the Dog wins it and I'm happy that I got a point, but I'm sad that Drive My Car lost or Drive My Car wins it and I'm happy that they won, but I lost out on a very valuable point that I need. Very true. Very true. Yep. Best original score. The nominees are Don't Look Up by Nicholas Bertel, Dune by Hans Zimmer, Encanto by Germaine Franco, Parallel Mothers by Alberto Iglesias, and The Power of the Dog by Johnny Greenwood. I think it's going to go to Dune. Yeah. Again, yeah. I think it should... Mm, yeah, it should probably go to Dune, honestly. Because I'm like... I remember when I... When I when we did our nominations without having seen most of these movies, and I picked French Dispatch, I thought French Dispatch was going to have a killer soundtrack. And it just didn't. And that <laughs> sucks. So... I am on the Dune train. I think Dune should win. I think it will win. I don't I think it has any competition. I, I do. Agree. There's Nicholas Bertel and Johnny Greenwood. I love them as film composers, and I think they should win one day, but I don't think these are strong examples of their work. And so I think Dune, Hans Zimmer, who's also a great composer, I think he's going to take it. I agree. I think I'm going to want to recognize all the great work he's been doing and finally also recognize his work. Mm-hmm on this particular film, which was very yeah. critical in creating an atmosphere and transporting us to Arrakis. So yeah, also crucial for transporting us to Arrakis is the sound design. And I think for best sound, again, Spellfast, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, I think Dune is also going to take it, hands down. I think Dune is a strong contender there. I don't know if it should win. I haven't seen most of these movies. That's not true. I've seen three of them. What am I talking about? I've not seen No Time to Die or West Side Story. West Side Story kind of has a chance because it's a musical. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason and it has a chance. The Power of the Dog also has a chance because it's very hard to do silence in a movie. And there's a lot of silence in The Power of the Dog. And it's done very, very well. That is what is impressive to me. This one I'm not even going to make... I'm going to give it to Dune for the sake of counting on my thing here because I think it might have the best chance, but I honestly don't even know who it could go to here. None of them like blew me away. None of them none of them are a war movie where it usually just goes to automatically. Uh, I haven't seen West Side Story, but it does typically go to musicals, but even if it does go to West Side Story, that's still a point for you, so I could still count that. Like, I think Dune and West Side Story at the forefront of it, so I'm going to give you the point for this just so I can keep track. But I don't know which one it would go to, I'm hoping it goes to the power of the dog. Of course, that would be great, but I doubt it. Sure. Yeah. No time that, to die would be crazy. That would be a shock. Um, I would love that. Best costume design. We have Corilla, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. I'm going to give it to Cruella. It's been cleaning up awards. Really? And it's like costume focused and whatnot. So it seems like Cruella is going to be the one to take it. Okay. I will just side with you on that one. I will take your word for it. And I will say Cruella as well. Best Supporting Actor. Have you ever learned how to pronounce his name? Uh, Kieran. Kieran, Hines. you're right. It's Kieran. We remembered. Kieran Hines, Belfast. 
Troy Kotzer, Coda, Jesse Plevins, The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons being The Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog. It's going to go to, to... Is it Troy Kotzer? Is it... Um, I thought I mean, it was Tony yeah, Kotzer. I think it's Troy Kotzer. Go ahead and research that. But yeah, yeah. Troy Kotzer has been winning a lot lately, despite the fact that Power of the Dog has two nominees. It doesn't seem like he's going to win. I don't know why It J. is J. Troy Kotzer. Why did I think his name was Tony for so long? Who knows? I don't know. But, but yeah, yeah it's, it's going to go to Troy Kotzer for sure. Uh, best Supporting Actress, we have Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, which is still crazy. Kirsten She's Dose. good. She's good. She is, but over the mom? Yeah, who, that Katrina is Bell, crazy. She's to... great. Yeah. That's crazy. That, I think it's just because Judy Dench is famous. I I think so, too. And she was like the ending of the film, so yeah. yeah. Uh, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. Also don't know why that's there. And Ajanu Ellis for King Richard. It's going to go to Ariana DeBose, for sure. Uh, 100%. She's so I'm going to give that to you. The whole time, it's the six years after the original performance. Yeah, it's a whole great story. Sorry. performance. Going to get it. Best actor. Javier Bardem, being the Ricardos. Benny Cumberbatch, the power of the dog. Andy Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Willie Smith, King Richard. And Denzel Washington, the tragedy of Macbeth. I can't make a funny name out of Denzel. <laughs> Denzel, uh, you could have done something. I guess, but that would have been disrespectful. To Denzel, I but don't. Benny and Willie, they can get it. Those are easy. Those are easy connections, you know. I guess Denzi Denzi is a reach, and I feel like it's disrespectful. I don't even know. I can. Uh, I think I can knock out Javier Bardem, and I think I can knock out Andrew Garfield, and I think I can. Yeah, that's it. That's it, though. And I think I can den- knock out Denzel. I think I can. So I think it's between Benedict and Will, and it's close because Will Smith has been cleaning up a lot of wars, right? And yes. I'm o- I'm okay if Will Smith wins because then it goes to neither of us and that's fine. But I want Benedict Cumberbatch to win, and I think Benedict Cumberbatch deserves it more than Will Smith. So I'm going to say Benedict Cumberbatch will win and should win. Interesting. Which I is going to be it's going to be a stretch because he hasn't won much compared to some of these other people in this category. But I think the Oscars are going to give it to Benedict because even. Even since it first came out all the way to now, there's still Oscar buzz for him, even though he hasn't been winning much. I think they're going to give it to him because of how like how much he committed to that performance. Even though Will Smith is great in King Richard, I think it's going to go to Benedict. So I'm going to give it to him. And nah. also, that helps me. I think you're reaching. I, think I don't Benedict, think I'm reaching. I don't think it was as transformative of a performance as Will Smith, where you can clearly see the real-life human that he's taking after, and it's very much similar. Also, it's Will Smith, big name recognition, hasn't gotten an Oscar yet. That'd be a big narrative they could push. And well, you know, it would be awarding King Richard something, which I don't think it's won anything else because it might not get the actual editing award. So it'd mm-hmm. be a notch on uh, King Richard's cap. So I think Will Smith will win. And I think Andrew Garfield should win, but that won't happen. Well, you know, you, you know me, man. You know I'm not the biggest fan of people playing real people and getting That's awards true, for it. But the Academy is. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I think definitely the momentum is behind Will Smith for sure. We'll see. Either way, it works in my favor, kind of. As long as Denzel doesn't win in terms of the draft, it'll work yeah, in my well, favor. Yeah, that would be a big win. Because, yeah, it's either Will Smith or Cumberbatch here. Yeah. Again, it should be Garfield, but whatever. Yeah, Garfield was great. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Best Actress, Jessica Chastain, Diazza Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Pale Little Mothers, 
Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I like this category because not only is it completely up in the air, but neither of us have a horse in this race. That's so true. we can just kind of have fun with this one. Uh, not Olivia Coleman, uh, not Penelope Cruz, and not Nicole Kidman. If you ask me, it's between Jessica Chastain and Kristen Stewart. I'm going to give it to Kristen Stewart. I think she'll win it. That's I'm not amazing. Again, I'm not a fan of people winning for uh, playing real people. But I think because her role was not like a direct, uh, like like it was not like a complete just impersonation of Princess Diana. It was like a nuanced sort of stylized, heightened version of her that goes with the movie very well. I think it should go to I think it should. And I think it will go to Kristen Stewart. Gotcha. Uh, We can talk more about it. When we have a Spencer show later on, but yeah, as y'all know from the one time we talked about on the show, like in a random episode, I know you. Don't I like didn't it. like the performance. I know you. I don't. think it's bad, and I don't think she'll yeah. win because he also got Fuck no you. nomination for SAG Awards, no nomination for BAFTA, didn't win Golden Globes. She's not gonna win. It would be the biggest upset ever. Uh, so I think, I think it's she I think it's Nicole Kidman or Jessica Chastain. It seems like the momentum has shifted to be behind Jessica Chastain. I think she just won the BAFTA. I could see Jessica Chastain winning. So, yeah, I think it'll be Jessica Chastain. Yeah. All right. Best director, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Risuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I think Jane Campion will win. But honestly, I'm split on who I think should win. I liked Belfast a lot. I think Kenneth Branagh did a great job. And I like Drive My Car a lot. So I'm kind of between those two of who should win. But I'm pretty confident Jane Campion will win. Uh, Yeah, I believe Jane Campion probably will win. But if there's anyone else that I think would give a run for her money, I think it might be Steven Spielberg. Just because, again, this was something mm. that Going into it, many people probably didn't think he'd be able to pull off, and yet it was very effective and well-received. You, I know, haven't seen West Side Story, but a lot of the stuff that goes on here, like the camera movements this man does, I mean, that is his whole shtick, and it is incredible. I'll watch it before the Oscars. Yeah. So I think that could come in and steal something. I also feel like West Side Story is getting a bit of a push lately. I have seen that, yeah. Just became more widely accessible. So I think that could also, I mean, he's already got a lot of goodwill towards him. People could end up doing that. But then I also think there's a solid narrative behind Jane Campion. Yeah, 100%. I think it would be weird if Steven Spielberg won. Yeah. I think it would be weird in this day and age if Steven Spielberg won for a West Side Story remake. I think that would just be a weird thing to add into the annals of Oscar history. I think it'd be a great thing. I think it'd be so amazing if that did happen, but... I think it'd be really odd. It'd be odd I think I think I think there's at least two or three people that deserve it more than Steven Spielberg, even though I haven't even seen the movie. It's just I really, really enjoyed Belfast, and Caleb Branagh is a great filmmaker, regardless of of you know Murder on the Orient Express and all that crap. He, Kenneth Branagh is a very, very good filmmaker, and it's been a long time since he's won any. Like he, he I don't think he had actually won anything. He's been nominated a lot, and I think he right. deserves something. And I did really enjoy Belfast. But I also really, really, really like Drive My Car. And I think it was directed phenomenally. 
but I don't think enough people saw it to vote for it for him to win. So I am going to put my eggs in the Jane Campion basket and say that she will win. But I'm split between who should win between Kenneth Branagh and Risuke Hamaguchi because I think they're both great. Right. Okay. And moving on to Best Picture, the one that will hopefully close out this year's Oscar ceremony. Should we have <laughs> Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Doom, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Ten nominees. Wow. A pretty mixed bag, if I, if I say so myself. Of course, I think Drive My Car should win. Of course, I think that. Right. And I fully believe that. I also think that Belfast should win. I am on the Belfast train. Wow. I believe that Power of the Dog will win. I very strongly believe that it that is, is going to happen. It is the front runner. It would be a shock if it were anything else, yes. I think that if anything is going to take Power of the Dog down, it might be Belfast Yeah. or West Side Story. I think those are I can see that are coming for Power of the Dog. I could see Belfast winning because it is sort of the... It's close enough. It's like artistic enough to be enjoyable, but also kind of Oscar-baity enough to get people to vote for it. Whereas Power of the Dog is very much just Jane Campion trying to make a really good movie and people having to like it for whatever reason. And I think Power of the Dog, as the front runner, is going to take it. But, you know, it'd be cool if Belfast won. I'd be okay with that. So what are your totals at, your tallies that you've been taking? So you would have, in one of our categories, are contested. Two of them. Two of them? Okay, well, let me Director see. Director so. and I think... Um, well, I don't one. think I... I said we'll win for Jane Campion. Oh, you did? Yeah. Never mind. I'm saying the thing that would probably take it down is Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Okay. But, yeah, I think Jane Campion will probably definitely win that. Like, I think yeah. it's more likely that she gets director but not picture than mm. picture and not director. Yeah, but we were contesting best sound, and I think... No, I, I gave you best sound. sound. I gave yeah. you best sound. Because it was either West Side Story or Dune. Yeah. We contested, what was it? It was production design. Was it? What did you think would win production design? Do you think Dune would win? No, I said West Side Story. And you said oh, okay. Nightmare okay. Alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which I'd be fine with either one. Because, yeah, obviously one of us is going to win production design and cinematography. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we are just split on production design. So I had that you said you would have uh, four, you would have six wins, and I would mm-hmm. have five wins. Ooh, that would Which give would you the edge. Mean that I would win, yeah. I have I am at eight wins for me and four wins for you, which would give <laughs> me the win. So that's where I'm saying, like, works out. I know I'm I'm <laughs> saying that that it is close enough to say it is still anyone's game. Yes, for sure, it's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. But mm. I think, I think for sure, there will be a few surprises, and I don't think it's going to come in my camp as much i think there's four at least three guaranteed wins and i think four pretty much for me that are solid i think there's three guaranteed for you in its cinematography score and best supporting actress vfx and then and sound well yeah you said sound it'd be sound score vfx those are the three guaranteed plus ariana debose wait how did i end up with four on you because i'm pretty sure those five i said visual effects oh you said production design yeah. which is your fifth, and I am disagreeing on that. Okay, 
production design is going to be a very important category. Yeah. Production design is super important. So I can't wait for that to come up. That that could be, well, oh yeah, you're right. Oh, I didn't say you for cinematography. That's what Mm -hmm. it was. That's where, because I was getting up to four, five. That's where it's for. Cinematography and production design are going to be the two most important categories for us. Because that is really going to determine who wins those two. Because the rest of them are pretty guaranteed. Except for like the the major categories, uh, writing, directing, picture. Because those are all still kind of up in the air and there could be surprises. But in terms of the ones that we can guarantee, production design and cinematography, since you and I have cleaned up those categories and nominations, I think that's going to be the two that could be the deciders here. Because the rest of them I'm pretty solid on. But those two, I don't know, man. It could go anywhere. It's very true. So we will let you know what our final predictions are when we post it on the Instagram, our yep. full ballots. Mm-hmm. And then when the Oscars happen, our show that next week will be the results show. We'll be able to unpack everything that happened with the ceremony and then figure out who was victorious mm-hmm. and see if there were any crazy surprises that switched things up. You want to do an Oscar party, Ryan? We could do it, yeah. That'd be fun. Didn't we do that last year? Were you there for that? Or was it just me and Alexa? No, I don't think we did that last year. I think it was just me and Alexa because it was still a little bit like COVID times. We were worried. But her and I, watching Chadwick Boseman lose, crazy. (laughs) That was nuts. But yeah, we could do an Oscar party this year if I don't have work. That could be fun. All right, you've heard our predictions. You'll see the full things on our Instagram in a couple of weeks, in a week or so. That is all the time we have, unfortunately. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxofficeshow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you enjoyed the show, help us grow and expand by spreading the word, telling your friends, leaving five-star ratings on whatever podcast service you are using. Thank you so much for your time. We will see you guys next week with a BoJack Horseman show. We hope. Based yes. on from schedule. Goodbye.